Lent is connected to the Latin word for spring. We look around us today, we feel the air, we see the bright sunshine, and we realize that the seasons are changing. We just went through a deep freeze last week, and now we're, something new is upon us. In fact, I went out on Sunday as it started to warm up, and I went and looked at my beehives, and I've been, guys, I've been praying all winter long. This is my first winter with those, those sweet bees. And I've been praying, oh Lord, please let them survive and thrive, you know, and multiply. And we want to have more bees. And because you just don't see anything. They're right, they're just boxes when it's cold. But on Sunday afternoon, I went out and looked, and there was a flurry of activity all around the entrance of the hive. And it's so exciting. And I got a little closer, and all these little worker bees, these little lady foragers, they've been out getting pollen. I don't know where they got the pollen. Somewhere. But we went from the dead of winter to spring. And it's a very sudden change. And Ash Wednesday is a little bit like that for us. We've been living our lives, minding our own business, being good citizens, maybe voting in the primary yesterday. And all of a sudden, here we are on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday does several things for us to, to get us into Lent. The first thing it does is that it reminds us that we are sick. And that we have a sickness that leads to death. This day reminds us that our first parents left us an inheritance. Wasn't that kind of them? Adam and Eve left us with death. You remember in the garden, they had all sorts of plants to eat from. They could work and keep the garden, cultivate help bring about flourishing all around them. But God's, he asked them to fast from just one tree. And they couldn't keep that commandment. They could not keep that fast. And so, because they disobeyed God, death enters and sin comes with it. So tonight, when you will have ashes imposed upon your forehead in the shape of a cross, we will say to you, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. This is a result of Adam and Eve's sin, and it's a reminder of our state. It reminds us that in our sickness, we are desperately in need of a Savior. But not only that, we need a place and a time to encounter this Savior. And that's what we have in Lent. That's what the church has given us in Lent. And let me tell you, you were not made for Lent, but Lent was made for you. See the difference, right? Lent is a space that you can enter into. It's something that you can submit to, but it's not meant to be set upon you as a burden that is paralyzing or crippling. It's meant to be a space that you enter into so that you can know Christ. I want to speak about a couple of things that I want to invite you into in Lent, kind of theologically, and then some practicalities for Lent. Lent is a season for self-acceptance. That may seem, Hopefully that seems novel to you. This is my third time giving the sermon. It still feels fresh. <laughs> yes, thank you. Lent is a season for self-acceptance. What I traditionally think of Lent, I don't think of self-acceptance. I, I think of self-flagellation 
or a self-loathing or self-pity or some, any manner of negative things. When we hear the word penitence, as we heard in the opening prayer, we, we just think of negative and punishment. But Lent is a season for self-acceptance. Why, Jay? Why is this so? Well, first, we have to come to terms with the reality that, like Adam and Eve, like everyone before us, we will die. Tonight, you will be remembered, or you'll be reminded that you will die, as will I. This is something that we have to come to terms with, that we have to make peace with if we are to encounter our Savior, if we're to walk with him in this way of salvation. Not only that, but Lent is a season of self-acceptance where we can recognize and be at peace with the reality that we are sinners. Not only will you die, so far so good, Jay, not only will you die, you are also a sinner. Again, this doesn't feel so positive until we take all of it in the light of because of these things, because of who we are and because of this sickness that we have, God loves us to the uttermost. He sends his son to save us. Jesus is the one who heals us. Jesus is the one that came to trample down death by his own death and to lift us out of death so that the fear of death would no longer hold us in bondage. And because of that victory that we know we have in Christ, we can acknowledge our death that will one day come. We can acknowledge our current sinful state and we can do like Psalm 51. We can beg God for forgiveness every single day, multiple times a day. We're going to pray Psalm 51 in just a moment. I encourage you, keep your bulletin. Pray that Psalm multiple times a day. Maybe by the end of Lent, you may have it memorized and know it by heart. There are worse things that you could do than to have Psalm 51 ready at your lips. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, according to your great mercy, according to your compassion. And because of this, because Lent is a season for self-acceptance, for understanding that we will die, for knowing and coming to peace with the reality that we are sinners, Lent is also a season for repentance. What is repentance? It's having the courage to acknowledge who we are, self-acceptance. Lord, I need your help. When this thing happens, I get really angry. I get really ragey or, gosh, I'm so proud or, man, I've slandered that person or I can't get reconciled with this person or whatever it is. We will die. We are sinners and we need to repent. Repentance is a gift. St. Paul says it's God's sternness, anger, scrupulosity. No, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance, giving us space, giving us freedom to come to the realization that we have been eating the pods that the pigs eat like the prodigal son. And then we realize that our father, our heavenly father is like the one in the prodigal son parable who is watching and waiting for us to return. Now, just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you are, are done 
sinning. We will all get drawn away by our passions. Repent when we do. This is a good thing. This is a gift. This is the gift of Lent. We sin, our response is turning away, changing our mind, changing our course, changing our belief and our action. Without self-acceptance, without learning that we are a sinner, we simply cannot repent. Now, we heard Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount about some activities that help us along the way. Did you, did you hear them? Now, let me, let me just say, when he talks about fasting, what I don't like that. I love food. I love to eat a good meal. I had a good meal with a buddy yesterday, a big lunch. It was awesome. But Jesus says, when you fast. So he's acknowledging, and the church is inviting you into. In fact, Philip will get up in just a moment and invite you into the observance of a holy Lent. There's an invitation for you to say no to your desires, even though they're innocent desires, that that nothing bad's going to happen because you eat meat or drink alcohol or sugar or whatever it is that you decide to fast from. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. But you're saying no to it for a reason, because your body needs you to say no to it, to remember the proper order of things. And when we say no to something, we're saying yes to God. So if you fast, and I hope you do, I encourage you to, we're, we're adults here, most of us, right? We can choose to fast. Maybe one day a week you're not going to eat meat, or maybe you won't drink alcohol during the week over the season of Lent, or whatever it is. But I really do encourage you, again, not as placing a burden on you that you feel yoked to some old horse and buggy thing, and golly, you know, now I've got to do Lent. But you're looking to encounter Christ. He doesn't care what you eat or drink, but he wants to see that you're moving towards him. What can easily happen in this season? A lot of us, you know, we're Dallas people, so we might be a little bit type A, might be a little achieving. You're like, oh, I can do that, Jay. And then next thing you know, we start pecking off the things on the list. And we realize, dang, I'm pretty good at Lent. I kind of like this Lent stuff. I can do it. I'm a Christian. And we remember this parable that Jesus told about these two men in a synagogue. One was arrayed in robes and stood at the front of the synagogue and prayed a very beautiful, articulate, lovely prayer. He had a very nice smile too, but he prayed this beautiful prayer and he said all these beautiful things to God just so. And yet there was another man in the synagogue far in the back corner. He dare not lift his eyes to the front of the synagogue where the word of God was chanted and sung and read and where prayers were led. And all he could pray was, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, which one of them went home justified that day? It wasn't the guy that looks like this. It wasn't the proud one. It was the humble one. Though this one did everything right, this one had the humility that is required. That's the humility that Psalm 51 speaks of. So when you fast, friends, the enemy would love to distract you from it and to make you proud and puff you up. 
Turn away from him. Resist the devil and he will flee. When you pray, do so in secret. There is a reward, friends, when we pray. Take this bulletin and pray this, this collect on the beginning page, on page one. A beautiful prayer reminding us of what this season is about and how much God loves and desires us. But do those two together. You don't fast without prayer. They're meant to go together. And lastly, because you're fasting from something, because you, maybe you're giving up a meal or giving up something during the week, you're going to have a little extra money. And so Jesus says, and when you give, there may be an opportunity right in front of you or around the corner, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, somebody who needs something. More than, more, they may need a, a financial resource, but they may just need to know more that somebody sees them and knows them and loves them. And that giving of alms can be a blessing. In all these things, you're abstaining, you're giving away, you're doing without, but what is God doing? He's meeting you. He's pouring out his grace. He's multiplying his spirit to you. What does James say, quoting Proverbs? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you hear nothing else tonight, friends, Lent is a season that as we engage in self-acceptance, as we do the work of repentance, as we use these activities of prayer, fasting and almsgiving, reading and meditating on God's holy word, we must, we must, we must, we must do it with the humility that is a gift from God. Let's do that together this season. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.